0: Greetings from St Bride's Church Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to join us for this act of worship. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists and behind me here you can see our journalists' commemorative altar. We are aware, as never before, of the dangers that those in the industry face when bringing us the news. So our journalists and all who work in the media are very much in our thoughts and prayers at this time however we are of course here for all of you journalists and everyone else do please leave us a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from it's always good to hear from you and if you would like to donate to help support these services uh, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text but now may the light and peace of christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. it is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the second Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins To be our advocate in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory. Have taught us that all our doings without love are nothing worth. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whoever lives is counted dead before you. Grant this for your only Son, Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
1: A reading from the first book of Kings. The Lord said to Elijah Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi you shall anoint to be king over Israel and Elijah the son of Shaphat of Abel Mehalah you shall anoint to be prophet in your place so he departed from there and found Elijah the son of Shaphat who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him and he was with the twelfth Elijah passed by him And cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen. And ran after Elijah and said. Let me kiss my father and my mother. And then I will follow you. And he said to him. Go back again. For what have I done to you? And he returned from following him. And took the yoke of oxen. And slew them. And boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah, and ministered to him. This is the word of the Lord.
2: A reading from the letter to the Galatians. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love be servants of one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are plain, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy drunkenness carousing and the like i warn you as i warned you before that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
3: Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. When the days drew near for him to be received up, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him, who went and entered a village of the Samaritans, to make ready for him. But the people would not receive him, because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to bid fire come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But he said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
4: To remember the days before decimalisation. I remember my parents were anxious about whether they would understand the cost of things when the new regime was introduced. My father brought himself a ready reckoner, which was a book of conversion tables between old and new measures. And going shopping became something of a nightmare. Eventually we got used to the new way, and the book could be left at home. But there was this overriding anxiety for some time about what things actually cost. In a way it's the same impulse that's behind this reading from the Gospel of Luke. What might be the cost of becoming a Christian? I know it's hard sometimes to work out the cost of things and today at the service we've had a baptism which is wonderful. I don't wish to be a harbinger of bad news but when I looked it up recently The cost of bringing up a child from the age of 1 to 18 is something in the region of £200,000. It's an eye-watering amount, and having children can be an extremely expensive hobby. One thing I have learned, though, is that the real cost of having children is nothing to do with money. The cost is much deeper than that. When we have children, we become totally invested in their life For as long as they are uh, with us and for as long as we are alive and that means we experience the ups and downs the highs and lows of our children's lives perhaps anything worth having or being has a cost to it and love of course is the costliest thing because along with lots of joy it involves risk and change and putting other people first The reading from the Gospel of Luke that you've heard answers a thorny question. What's that cost of becoming a Christian? Before I became a Christian, I thought the cost would be in terms of having to give a few things up and being much more dull than I had been beforehand. I didn't really like the modern hymns, and I felt that becoming or joining a Christian church might drain the colour from my life. It's interesting really because I had an inkling that a commitment to Christ was more than a hobby, but I hadn't realised the true depth of it. My old professor at Oxford, Alistair McGrath, once said to me, The thing about Christianity, Steve, is that it works. It's truly transformative, and I'll try to explain. The thing is this God doesn't want your money, He wants you. And that can be a scary thought, especially we've been used to picturing a God who is distant and disinterested in us but God promises to be with you every step of the way just like a good parent. A good analogy is when your child, if you have one, takes their first steps. It's wonderful but you're worried that they might fall but at the beginning you don't expect them to be able to run a marathon. You accept that it's just tiny steps And I think that's the thing about the Christian journey. It's an extraordinary transformative thing, but you don't have to do everything at once. It's tiny steps along the way. Look at the reading, Jesus has a bit of a knockback. The people in Samaria have rejected him, and it shows, I think, that the Christian journey is probably gonna put you with some opposition. There's that kind of cost. I remember when I became a Christian, Various friends of mine, who were most of them are very radical atheists, thought I'd actually lost my mind. Some of them didn't speak to me again. That's part of the cost. It was for me. But Jesus continues in the reading in his usual ministry, which is the ministry of walking along. Walking alongside, talking to people. And I truly believe that's the ministry of the church, her clergy and her members, to walk alongside people. He deals, you may have noticed, in a very rabbinical way. He asks questions, he provokes, he poses dilemmas. It's not some kind of factual, dogmatic teaching, not a list of rules. We always get the choice, the choice to choose him, and that dignifies us and our choices as well. In the readings there are three distinctive interactions. In the first one a man comes out full of shallow enthusiasm and says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus has to remind him that wherever he goes, it's not going to be a kind of five-star hotel experience. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. The second is someone who Jesus nabs and says, come along, follow me. It's a kind of request. However, the man has a pressing engagement, no less than burying his father, which was a sacred and holy duty. Jesus says a very, very confronting thing, let the dead bury their own dead. He said, but you, I've got work for you. Come, proclaim the kingdom of God. It's not a punishment for the man. It's an invitation to a new way of life. And Jesus is actually saying, I have something so, so good for you, so true, that it takes precedence over everything else. The third person says he's a bit busy at the moment. And needs to go back to his family And Jesus says another interesting thing he says don't look back don't waste your time looking back look forward in hope and expectation don't dwell on the past and it seems to me that is an extremely sensible way of handling some of the ups and downs of life Jesus uses this farming metaphor he said you can't plow a field if you're looking in the wrong direction Today, he might use a motoring um, image. Now, don't look in the rearview mirror when you're trying to drive ahead, straight ahead on a straight road. Put together, I think, that the responses show something of what it is to follow God. And from my experience, I can tell you this, that there are costs, yes, but they are nothing as compared to the joys The English Christian writer C.S. Lewis had it right when he tried to explain both the cost of following Jesus and the joys and how it can be completely transformative. This is what he said. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you were not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You were thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace and he intends to come and live in it himself. Yes, live in your heart and life. and Of course, that's what baptism is all about. The old becomes the new. Our lives are enriched by the presence of love and love of God here and now. And remember, in the end, love wins. Amen.
0: Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen,
5: loving father we pray for our global spiritual family for all who worship you in different cultures and with their diverse customs we pray for our community here at st brides grant strength and wisdom for allison jeff and for our verger robin we pray for our admin staff our wardens and guild and for the children and leaders of the sunday club community We pray for our journalist community, and for all the women and men in the media who work around the world to uncover the truth, even in the most desperate of situations. We pray for our online community, spread far and near, and for our musicians, and for all worshipping here at Fleet Street today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Thank you, Father, for all your gifts of creation. landscapes and oceans rich with biodiversity, which provide us with food, energy and wonder. We give thanks for the gifts of human ingenuity and invention, and for the ability to express ourselves through our talents and vocations, and through our quirky interests. We pray that you inspire us to use our human intelligence and creativity in ways that tackle the crises of our times. The loss of biodiversity, the growing threat of climate change, glaring inequality between communities and countries, and ongoing conflicts across the world. Dear Lord, today we pray especially for the world's vulnerable people, for the millions of the poor in Bangladesh who are already among the world's poorest and who today are experiencing the worst floods on record. We pray for those in Afghanistan who lost family and friends in this week's earthquake. We pray for all the victims of the war in Ukraine, on both sides of the conflict, and for the indirect victims in poor countries about to be hit with the coming food crisis. We pray for the leaders of all nations who work together and ask that they are able to meet the challenges facing our world. Help us individually and in our communities to recognise need in those less fortunate and to always respond with compassion and kindness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, be with all those who suffer with illness and who live in pain, mental or physical. We ask that you relieve their suffering and grant strength to those who care for them. Lord, we remember with gratitude our friends and family who have died. Be especially close to those who have lost loved ones this week, or to those who remember loved ones whose anniversaries of their deaths fall this week. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we bring to you, in this moment, the concerns on our heart, known only unto you. Merciful Father, accept accept these prayers prayers for the the sake sake of of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Jesus Christ.
6: Christ. Amen.
0: Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word, through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving Spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, We proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord.
6: Great is the mystery of faith.
0: Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Accept through him our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by by your Spirit, Inspire us with your love and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose nature is always to have mercy, Let us pray. Loving Father, we thank you for feeding us at the supper of your Son. Sustain us with your Spirit, that we may serve you here on earth until our joy is complete in heaven and we share in the eternal banquet with Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God.